That was Wires of NYC on the intro. Yeah. Oh, should we do it? Should we do it together? Okay, ready? On three. One, two, three. Welcome, Welcome to, to Question, Question Block. <laughs> this is Secret Lost Podcast. This week, the theme is gay rights and the history of LGBT rights and the pride movement. Q plus. PT. QIA plus. Yes. Um, yeah, not to exclude anyone. Um, any oversights or misrepresentations that we make during this podcast are because we are dumb and don't know that much history, but we really love our subject. Yeah, we love it. We're big, fans, We're big fans. And we just can't. We've been like ramping up for Pride all month and like, uh, yeah, it's this is like Pride week. Yeah, this is Pride week. The, the, I guess now, 52nd anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising is in four days? It's the 28th. The 26th, I think, right? No. 28th? 28th. 26th oh. is a Saturday. It's the 28th. But anyway, yeah, summer 69, a lot of stuff happened, right? Like yeah. Woodstock. I have like the hippie movement and Stonewall. And yeah, also the anniversary of uh, Judy Garland's death. Yeah. But um, so let's first, yeah, before we like, we're not just picking up with Stonewall, there's centuries and millennia. There's so much, there's so much of gay liberation and persecution. So, well, not even that. It's just like, let's just discuss like, okay, like, you know, the like um sexuality. Let's talk about sex mm -hmm. and sexuality. What? So in eight thousand BCE in Zimbabwe, that's like when the first depiction of like same sex um yeah, same sex anything was found but there it, it probably goes back it's 850 bc eight thousand. Oh, 8, okay so like in prehistory yes exactly before like written stuff they had homoerotic art yeah That's... yeah there are just all these pictures of um they were like in engravings of uh of two males um like nuzzling like nose smooshing okay and then in Egypt, a couple... Sort of a Tom of Finland. Yeah, around, like, also in prehistory in Egypt, there was, a, there was, like, a similar... It was, like, a sand engraving painting thing, and it was, like, also of two men, like, canoodling, and it, it was... It had an inscription that was, like, in, like, you know, love in, in life and in the afterlife or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there there are records of like Indian, Egyptian, Chinese, and Greek cultures um, being accepting of same same sex like interactions, love unions because they didn't they didn't think of um, that, like what was important to those cultures was like whether you were uh, dominant or submissive okay. in the relationship. And that was like the important thing. And that was sort of where the morals came into play, especially in Greece and um, in the Roman Republic, which we can go a little bit more in depth into. Okay. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying so far? Yeah. 
It makes I sense. wonder if this is like a pet like theory or whatever, but I wonder if right so like prehistory or even early societies, like infant mortality is so high, everybody has lots of kids in their family. It's like can be tricky to have an error, for example, to like pass your stuff on to. Yeah. So like questions of like lineage are very important for like inheritance reasons. And like when you have like a dynasty, like your emperor or whatever, like it's very important who like the father and mother of like a given kid is, right? So I think that that explains part of like for the Romans or the Greeks, they're like they almost viewed it as a separate thing. They're like, yeah, oh, homoerotic attraction, fine. But like, you know, you are still gonna raise some warrior sons, right? Yeah, I mean, the, like... Um, I think they almost viewed it as two different things. Yeah, because there was so much, like, polygamy and, like, just... I mean, sac especially in, in, in Greek well, the Romans, culture... Well, the Romans had, like, legal sex workers, too, right? They had brothels. So there's a big distinction between the, the, um, the Empire and the Republic. The Roman mm -hmm. Republic was, like, much more chill. And, like, the... The Roman like empire though they that's they had like rules against well, homosexuality guess... and they and in in three eighty nine CE they took away homosexual rights and they made it like a crime. Well, because post Constantine it was a right. Christian empire. Exactly. Well, no, this was like right. it's like right before the Christianity was like really popping off. Right. They just they were like no, um, but in is interesting because like in Greek early Greek like or like I guess Athenian Greek culture, there are all these sort of like learning relationships between older men and, and like boys. With the mentor mentee. Yeah, and the boys would like sort of service the older men in exchange for knowledge. It was like an internship, but like, a, it's like the kind of internship that, um, gets people canceled today it's was like, like a Harvey Weinstein yeah but it was like accepted it was like yeah let's let's do it um yeah and the <laughs> so in, in retrospect like the uh accepting of like homoerotic relations cool the pedophilia not so much no it oh no I'm I mean saying, that, that from like cool. a modern view looking back at the Greeks you're like oh they were very progressive in some some aspects but I mean I don't know it's it wasn't seen as like taking advantage. It was, it was like, it was all out on the table. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, if you were like a young boy and you wanted to like get ahead, <laughs> pun intended, nice. in society, nice then you'd, mm -hmm. yeah, you'd find a knowledgeable, older, sexy daddy and you'd, you know, you trade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. where, that's where the word trade comes that's from. That's how Broadway works. I mean, <laughs> sorry, um, sorry um, it's okay they're closed they won't yeah. they're not they're not listening right now okay so yeah so you're saying it just has like throughout antiquity there's like the presence of gay art yeah and, and it's not that big a deal it's not it's in, in it's actually like the normal the norm mm. and in i thought this was really cool in um uh, ancient greek athenian greek society they said that like yeah sexual attraction was like based on beauty you know they had the platonic ideals and stuff like that and your platonic friendships yeah yeah and it didn't matter like yeah it was just based on yeah erotic love versus uh yeah like platonic. something was was beautiful then then you could you could have sex with it <laughs> oh, okay 
Uh, and then, but like, yeah, I mean, Christianity is kind of like sneaking in and in, uh, in 1200 BCE, Moses condemns cross-dressing and homosexuality like to death. Basically, if, if he was a real historical person, yeah, Moses. <laughs> this is like in the Old Testament. So um, this is in the in like the I guess the Torah. Yeah, it's like in there. It's like no cross dressing. No cross dressing and no. And I think these are like this is it's like the handful of Bible verses that like bigots like to cite. Exactly, what the Bible says it's like I don't give a shit. But yeah, that's that's there is scripture or whatever in the Bible when selectively picked out that so, forbids. Leaders of the early Christian church condemn any non-procreating sex, uh, and they call all of these forms of sex um, sodomy. Yeah. So people often think of sodomy as like, I guess, anal sex, right? Today? Yeah, or it can be with an object. Really? Yeah. Like in your butt or just anywhere? You can be like sodomized by... Oh, objects okay. or whatever, but named after that city, <laughs> city of Sodom, where they all were into that. that Man, a, that sucks. I mean, that's a kinky be like, place. Yeah, be like, hey, I'm I'm from the I'm from the island of Lesbos. I'm a uh, lesbian. It's like, well, I'm I'm from Sodom. I'm yeah. a sodomist. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and I thought Vegas was Sin City. Yeah, um, to be from Sodom. Well, it got wiped off the map. I think that was like the story of like they were so evil that they were uh, right. They were like God destroyed the city. Really? Oh. Yeah, and Lot's wife looked back at looked back at the city, and she like turned to stone. And then someone sodomized themselves with her. It's a very kind of perceptive style <laughs> myth. She I was. Suppose. She was the uh, first like um, dildo modeled after someone. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna stop you there. But um. So did you, like, in researching this and the history of, like, when the, the Christian church declared it, like, illegal, yeah. or, like, and also the, right, of Christianity inherited a lot, like, the entire Old Testament from Judaism, like, why? Do they talk about why there was a motivation to, like? So they think, they think it was because, um, I think it was because a couple of things. One, maybe there's always, like, the health reason. So, like. I mean, I don't know why, like, procreating sex would be, like, any healthier or, like, prevent you from getting, like, syphilis or whatever, but... Um, well, because, right, they also banned period sex. Yeah, and That's that... Totally, and it's... Yeah, were they just squeamish? Well, I think... <laughs> I mean, I think that's yeah. that's... You know, you can... Because there's more, like, fluids, right? And with anal or... Uh, with with things that are like more rough, mm. you can you can get more like uh, tears, and so like there's more probability for S, uh, STDs. Right? I suppose I don't. That's buy that. one theory. I'm just saying that's always like a theory that you know. I wonder if part of it is they wanted to just rule out sex that wasn't for procreation. That's exactly what I said. Non procreating sex. Yeah, well, you said it was, like, more dangerous. But that would explain why you can't have, like, period sex, too. Why they're like, no. Because oh, they're like... Yeah, oh, no. Because it's wasted. Because, like, you're not going to have true. Actually, from it. That's true. Actually, there's a passage in the Torah that says that, like, if, if a woman... There's all these, like, little rules and stuff. And it's, like, if 
if you're a woman, like, like if you finish, but you're, but then like you realize that like the woman has just started her period, you have to like stop everything you're doing and like pray for forgiveness. Like even if you're like, it's, it's very like specific. It's like you have to stop and then like pray that you'll be forgiven. Yeah. No, there's some, there are some like cultures around the world where even today it's like women have to like go into isolation like oh yeah period um yeah that's why a lot of um a lot of like very Hasidic, i guess jewish women they wear wigs because you have to go through the ceremony where you submerge yourself in water and everything has to be like covered like sink and it's just so much your hair will keep floating up to the top <laughs> it's not you just wear a bathing cap <laughs> yeah but it, that you have to be totally naked it's like yeah, right, it's, it's very they shave their head. Um, yeah, so for whatever reasons, even we can't really fathom necessarily, and they, yeah, they probably wrote it down somewhere. Um, yeah, suddenly in what around like four hundred to six hundred CE, uh, there's a bunch of bigotry. Yes. And this, as it's, it's like it follows the theme of like every. So, like, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts, you should go listen to them. And there's like this very common theme. Common theme of Christ- Christianity that we ruins discovered. Everything. That we discovered. Christianity, yeah. like, whenever there's like art or something cool, and then it like takes a moment, it takes like a little break. It's mm-hmm. always because of like Christianity. And then, like, when it pops off again, it's always because of the Victorians. Like, that's pretty much, mm. yeah. you know. The Dark Ages yeah. basically happened. Um, so, yeah, in 600 CE, ju- the, I just laughed, Justinian Code. It's like some dude named Justin who's like, yeah, that's my code. Uh, he, or like that code punishes, again, punishes like homosexual homosexuality by death. Um, and then with the rise of like Gregorian... Um, the Gre- the Gregorian rise, I guess you could call it. The monks. These are when are the when the monks come. About? It's this kind of all around the same time. The, I'm looking at my own Wait, notes. Can by I go? The way. Can we re- rewind before we get too far forward? We I think we skipped Sappho of Lesbos. Oh yeah. So the original like lesbian authoress. Um, probably the oldest known gay writer, like openly gay writer, right? <laughs> gay rights. <laughs> gay rights. Um, yeah, can you tell us, can you fill us in on that? Did, that? did your research cover it? I think you know more about Sappho than I do. You should talk about I don't know much. Um, just that, you know, it was a woman who lived on the Isle of Lesbos and wrote love poems about women, um, which were, like, preserved and discovered on, I don't know, tablets or, like, paper, uh, and so that's where the term lesbian comes from. And I think Sappho was in, like, on Lesbos is, like, an island in the Mediterranean. It's so still it's, there. Yeah. It's, like, probably close to, you know, Italy in the Mediterranean, if it's or, like, near between Greece and Italy or something. And then uh, I don't know when she wrote. I, I don't know if it was, like, ancient Greece or if this was just, like, early, like, Roman Empire times. She, I do know that she, um... Yeah, 600 BC, it looks like. So, uh, yeah, so that's, like, Golden Age, like, Athenian Greece around then. 
Yeah, we did talk about her in our Cunning Linguist episode, which is, like, I think our most popular one. So mm -hmm. you can go listen to that to learn more about Sappho. Yeah. Um, is one is one of the greatest lyric poets. Um, so go read some Sappho in celebration of gay pride. She also, oh, she did have a, uh, a liar she played on the harp, too. Okay. But she has, there's, um... She has these, like, fragmented poems. There's, like, these little fragments. And I just remember one was, like, you burn me. Like, people found, like, these little these little boops of, like, poetry. Oh, she was, like, an Instagram poet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then there was, like, a picture of, like, a flame or just a sunset. her taking a picture of her holding up a little index card. Yeah. The edges. It was a little uh, burnt piece of paper. And it said, you burn me. So you, if you read her fragments, they're really cute. You should go read them. Nice. Um. But yeah, she, uh, so, um, yeah, there, I mean, there were tons, like, if you want to go, if you want to talk about all the, there's a lot of, like, ancient rulers, too, that were, that were gay. Um, like? Julius Caesar. It's actually really crazy. Julius Caesar. What do you think? I didn't know about Julius yeah, Caesar. Yeah, Julius Caesar was, we... like, hella gay. Really? Yes. And he also had, an, which I learned, he had an affair. Did he not... marry his, like, I thought he, like, married Brutus's mother or something? Like, like that was their relation or something. Um, Julius Caesar. Maybe both. And uh, I think he, he had, like, an affair with Octavius, who was, who was kind of, like, his... <laughs> Like younger rival, it's like a secret affair. Really? Yeah. Because no, yeah, Octavius eventually like followed him. Yep. But um, and then Alexander of Macedonia, yeah, my namesake, Alexander the Great. Um, yeah. They're pretty certain because his... oh no, they're like well, very certain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the circumstances with Alexander the Great, right, or Alexander of Macedonia. So uh, you know, this is a. Uh, I guess, like, post-Roman Empire? Whatever. Or maybe a little, like, no, like, pre-Roman eh, Empire. Who cares um, about specific But anyway, <laughs> he who conquered, like, you know, the known world at the time. But his, his like, uh, trusted advisor, I forget his name. His trusted advisor, though, uh, died, like, in a battle. And Alexander mourned him for, I think, three weeks, like, wouldn't eat or leave his room. His um, room. And just like, <laughs> he like, like yeah. slams his. He's they like, a, I don't. They brought a room. They brought a house with them. Yeah. I don't feel like and just cried to and was inconsolable, and then uh, died not that much long, that much later. Yeah, and there were a lot of uh, was it, there was a lot of uh, in like ancient Chinese culture. There was a lot of like throuples, and uh, there was there were many cases of people. Adopting, adopting the th like the third oh. person. We talked about this with like Chang Chang Shi. Yeah, the pirate. Yeah, the, the pirate. The queen. pirate empress. And She's an she, empress. Okay. Excuse me. She and her husband adopted. Adopted uh, their th their throp. Their third. <laughs> Instead of a pup, he was their throp. They mm. adopted him. Um, yeah, and people were, yeah, people were like, oh, no, they were, like, having sex with their son. It's like, no, they, this happened before. <laughs> like, they just, yeah. they wanted to keep him they in the family. They were having sex with a, with a third and, you know, had to adopt him. So it was, yeah. 
So they could so have him, like, inherit their so stuff, then he could, yeah, uh, and so he could live with them. If they died in a pirate battle. Which I think is really cute. Okay, so um, we'll skip over the Dark Ages. Yeah, so there, I well, suppose. so I was going to say, like, around the, like, the Gregorian times, I guess, mm -hmm. they, um, they started categorizing things as natural and unnatural acts, and that's really where, like, all the heresy and the witch trials and the, like, that all started, because they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's not natural, that is natural, like, so the... It, this is like because before it was just like okay sodomy or like cross-dressing and then this the whole like natural and unnatural acts it allowed them to like add a lot more stuff to that list um people that you know uh for an example of like a, the first example of like a cross-dresser uh tried for heresy was joan of arc oh yeah that comes to mind uh, under this. So it also has like oh, ties the with French the witch hunting. Oh, I thought the didn't like her as a rabble rouser. I didn't know it was because she wore like armor or like men's clothing. That was a big thing. And then they, f so the reason why they like were able, they got away with like sentencing her to death or like the trial. Because a lot of people were like <clears throat> for her, mm. but they, uh, in jail, they took away like, they had her wear, like, a dress and all this stuff for her trial. But then I think they were, like, okay, we want to, like, fuck her over. So they took, they, like, cut her hair and they took away her dress. And she's, like, I need my dress. Like, I need it because she knew she was going to get in trouble. And so one of the charges, like, they, I guess they had to have a certain amount of charges for her. So one of them was, like, cross-dressing. And it was because they forced, they took away all of her female clothes and they cut all her hair off. <laughs> oh, they made her cross dress. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not... She didn't choose to. No, but I mean, like, this, this is, like, a, a example of a cross-dresser that everyone knew, like, someone who was tried for that. Okay. That's fun. I'm like, I should have phrased it as fun fact, Joan of Arc, like, one of the reasons they were able to okay. sentence not, her. Okay, not a transgender icon or anything. She's an icon, okay? okay. I think she's All iconic. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, fun fact: the so one let's of the heresy things. Forward to where it actually gets interesting, though. That is oh. very interesting. Everyone is like, "Oh, they think you know." They people don't know like what they tried her on, and that was one of the. Oh, there's always the major up. sticking there's points. Always made up charges. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. So then the Napoleonic Code actually de decriminalized sodomy. No way. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it it, de it decrim okay, Nap okay, Napoleon. Right? I know. No way. Yeah, it did. It, it, um... The first rollback of, like, homophobic, like, laws yeah. was by the Napoleonic Code. Isn't that cool? I know it did, yeah, because I know it all for like its its reforms of like it it removed a lot of the favoritism of like in like government or whatever made things a lot more fair for like distribution of like wealth for like the peasants and stuff. Yeah, I did not know it also had like yeah like like civil rights included in it. Yep, yeah. So there you go. All right. And then uh, in the 
18th century, the upper, so um, the upper class, kind of like the cultures of like dandyism and stuff like that, that um, like they were able to experiment and like experiment with homosexuality and like um, have a gay old time. And like the lower class, there there were more restrictions placed on them. Um, but yeah, if you had like a big house and stuff like that, you could, you could have, you could have really fancy parties and fancy sex and stuff like that. Yeah. So we saw this as like a recurring theme, particularly like in the Victorian era or like in the history of like British, like gay rights is that having privilege helps a lot. If you have money, then you can be eccentric. Uh, and if you don't, there's like way less stories of like working class people, like you're much more trapped. By, like expectations yeah they're like why are you wearing that beautiful like blouse or whatever like what's you work in a factory mm -hmm. uh -uh. but there were the yeah they're right in the this is i guess what like late 1700s early 1800s was when you had i guess this is like pre or early victorian right yeah you had like the molly houses yes the molly houses having gay meeting places um, and like the basically development of like like secret gay culture, mm -hmm. um, and to be clear, like this is just documented that like yeah. we know about secret gay culture. Probably every culture or society dating back to prehistory had a secret gay culture, but it wasn't recorded or written down in most cases because a lot of people like couldn't even read and write necessarily. Um, but yeah, we know of at least within like like in London and in the UK the like in Europe, Molly houses were secret gay bars or like gay clubs. Yeah. And this is where, um, Polar, like Polari. Which is like sort of gay cockney rhyming slang. Yes. It's gay code. Well, it's gay. It's, developed. yeah, it, it's a combination of like cockney rhyming slang, like criminal and drug kind of like, I think of like Nadstat from oh. Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, there's some Italian in it. Yeah, um, and yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Polari, and we have like a Polari pop quiz later. <laughs> oh, I am I'm peeking at your notes, and I am seeing that in the 1500s there was a little bit of a roller coaster because King Henry VIII passed the Buggery Act, like, <laughs> which I love. I mean, I know it was like bad, but I love it. <laughs> Yeah, making anal sex and zoophilia punishable by death. Oh, yeah, they, they thought of it as, like, the same thing, which is, like, how... Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. But then uh, Mary Tudor, when she ascended the throne, rolled back all of the laws established by Henry VIII. So there was about 10 years of, like, good times, and then Elizabeth I reinstated the old laws, including the Buckery Act. So there was, like, a 10-year little led up in the mid 1500s and then oh. yeah went back to being punishable by death oh yeah another uh, famous famous gay michelangelo <laughs> oh wrote over 300 love poems dedicated to tommaso de calaveri was that his his uh model yep i think i've read that he, yeah. he was he had a relationship with his model I mean, who wouldn't? Come on. Yeah, you're a sculptor. I want to see a movie about <laughs> that. Who would play... Oh, my God. Who would play him? Mate Mateo Lane would be the model. Would be the model. 
Um, no, you need someone very young, I suppose. No, no. Right, uh, you, you need like a, the model was probably like 17 or something. Mateo Lane. Mateo could Lane could play Michelangelo. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's a great artist. That's yeah, true. Yeah. He's a great artist. Mateo, if you're out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the current current young hottie is. Who's uh, the who who's the uh, what is it like Gabriel? Uh, who's the guy in like uh, the motorcycle diary movie thing? Well, he's like in his thirties now. Right, but who's like the new him? I don't know. Pop don't know. off in the comments. We Do don't. You have any yeah, comments? pop off in the comments. We don't watch enough. Uh, oh, Robin, what's up? <laughs> we don't watch enough teen like romantic comedies. To know yeah. who the current like young starlets are. Valentina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Oh, our uh, listener Kitchy was chiming on the Twitch and said that she was born in '69. Oh, so cute! Oh, I missed that. Gay—that's gay rights. Gay rights, <laughs> right there. Um. Okay, so. Oh yeah, we're get, we're talking now about like sort of during the Victorian era, gay culture gets like is still like outlawed, um, but then like it does develop these like secret societies. And the what I thought was real funny is that the they had some of their they had their own rituals and stuff, some of which basically just make fun of straight society. So they had yep. like a birthing ritual. Oh, that's right, where they gave birth to a wooden spoon. <laughs> birth to a wooden spoon. In the they Molly had, House. This is in the yeah, Molly House. They had like a, you know, their own fake, because you couldn't, like, gay marriage wasn't legal, but they had their own, like, secret gay marriage ritual, which I believe, like, involved throwing gin in each other's faces. Yes. Which is great. Oh my gosh, Molly House. That's like, if we ever need a name for, like, a second secret loft. That'd be a cool call, name. Like, the Molly House. Um, and you all, you had, uh, you had names, like you would come up with more or less a drag name Yeah. for the Molly house. So that's where like some, I guess, famous, like now historical, like known, like pseudonyms would come from like, if an author or like, or like in the house, like the house of, artist was I like mean, in the, a Molly house, they would have, you'd have there's a pseudonym. like the house of Labasia and the house of like, like the, I mean, the drag houses really uh, were kind houses. of modeled at, and they didn't actually come like that much further in the future, like from here. Um, this whole idea of like choosing your own family, it started in like the late 1800s with the, like the first balls were in the late 1800s. Oh. The mm-hmm. first, the first female impersonator balls. Yeah, they had. Oh, they had. Um, I think they were called. God, I want to like double check this, but I feel like they were called like, like the fag, ball or something. Um, I think yeah. quite possibly like the term was already reclaimed. Like, but it was like endear. It was like an endear. They were like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Like, and they were. I think they were in Harlem. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow. Yeah. And then we should now, yeah, since we're talking about the Victorians, we should talk about Oscar Wilde. Um, So very famous wit and gay Victorian writer. Very hot. Very hot. If you look at all the pictures of him, they're like so, they're just like very sexy in like a confident, fashionable way. Yeah. Yeah. So in the like mid-1800s, these new 
this new like slate of laws was passed. Um, so where, uh, like acceptance of, uh, I guess like gay culture, it had become more tolerated or the laws weren't as enforced, enforced as much. And then parliament passed, uh, these new, much more restrictive laws and they made it much easier to accuse people of like gay, you know, gay behavior. Uh, and it was then, it was no longer punishable by death, <clears throat> but it could be punished by like prison and hard labor and hard labor at the time yeah. was more or less a death sentence because they'll work you to death. Um, and because, you know, so it's just like so degrading too. Yeah. So it was, and it destroyed you professionally too. Yeah. So it was known as like, so it was kind of the lavender's care, which we'll talk about. Mm, in the that came way later. I'm saying though. it was like that, but it was a hundred years earlier. Okay. And... It was also known as, what was it? It was like the blackmailers, like charter is what they called those laws. Because it, <clears throat> what it did is enabled it, enabled people who wanted to blackmail people who were like known or suspected of being gay. Um, because it was so easy to then like be investigated and have your life ruined. So this happened to Oscar Wilde. He got into, I think you know the full details of mm -hmm. it, right? He got into a dispute over. No, he was having. And if, first of all, he was married and he had children too. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, that was like the norm. It was it was the norm to just kind of like, he was a, like a gourmand or like a, a hedonist. Sorry. Oh, he was a hedonist. It was like, yeah. wait, gourmand isn't quite. Yeah, he was a hedonist. He loved like, he, he was kind of. He kind of reminds me of, like, Janis Joplin in that, like, she was like, I'm just going to wear, like, velvet and, like, clothes that feel good to me and, like, look mm -hmm. expensive and, like, extravagant. He's and like hedonism bot. And, like, like, lay on a couch, yeah. like a small like, couch. Me grapes. Exactly. Pour, pour wine across my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, pour wine across my stomach. It feels good. It feel, yeah, exactly, because it feels good. And, like, and so... That's that's like what he was into, and he would also write. He he would write these like love, sex like poems and letters to, um, gosh, I can't remember his name, but like to this guy, right? It was kind of like the ancient. It it was like a protege of his, I think, right? Who, yeah, like, he was ha having an affair with. Yeah, and they would they would write these like letters, and then. Oscar Wilde lent his jacket to someone and they were like, what's this in the pocket? And it was like one of the letters. And um, Oscar Wilde was like, well, we're just poets. And that's like just how we talk to each other. So it's like nothing to be concerned great. of. It's like someone going through your phone. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I was like, always check your damn pockets. Um, yeah. Delete your internet history. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Put the private like yeah. browser. browser. Private browsing mode. But this guy's... Father was an, an asshole and also, like, he wrote, like, the code for, like, boxing laws or something like that. Okay. And so he was like, I'm going to get his ass in court. And Oscar Wilde was like, fuck you. Like, I don't care. And, yeah, they um they basically tried him. It was cool, though, because Oscar Wilde's attorney, he, he got the court to be to have a recess for like a day or two and a lot of people think that that was his way of like being like hey oscar go to paris and like oh yeah yeah like, yeah he didn't basically, go. basically get him to escape and oscar wilde was so proud i suppose uh or just man of principles 
yeah. that he stuck around, uh, took the punishment, which we'll talk about a century later, Alan Turing, similar thing happened. Well, the, the Oscar Wilde didn't get it quite as bad, but he kind of did because like all his plays and his works and he was like just blowing up and like all his, yeah, his, yeah, his work his was reputation like... reputation was ruined. No one was going to hire him or produce any of his plays or publish any of his books from then on. Yeah. And he was sentenced to years hard labor. And then he got out of that. He died later. And I think, what is this? He got like really sick while like in prison. When he came back, he was just in bad health. And then a few, like His died within a year. Last or words were like, either, either I go, either the drapes go or I do. <laughs> yeah. Which is like. Oh, uh, this is so good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the first tongue pop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So the sad, that's a sad I suppose story of Oscar Wilde. But it's the how go go read the importance poets. of being earnest. It is like the best, like shadiest play ever. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean the amount, as we'll talk about with Alan Turing, that like society has like shot itself in the foot or hurt itself by like excluding the talents of gay people is kind of a recurring theme here. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like you. I don't know. The UK up through, we're up to around like the late 1800s, well, I suppose. Now, now for like the first time, I mean, it's like a good and a bad thing, I guess. It's like evolution, but like mm, um, homosexuality is sort of condemned or not condemned through the eyes of like mental health as opposed to religion. Okay. Because there's, like, phases. There's, like, the political times, which have been, like, the political, like, persecution of it, which is, that's, like, the lavender scare, right? And there's also, like, the religious persecution, which, like, that's the big chunk of there's it. All, the, all of history. And, sure. But now for the first time ever, like, people are like, oh, is, is this, like, a, something that you're born with? Is this, like, a disorder? Like, you know... Yeah, so I mean, so, spoiler alert is like categorizing homosexuality as a mental illness did nothing to make anyone better or happier. Yeah. Um, but so, it at least was true, at least acknowledged the humanity of people, I suppose, who were homosexual. Um, yeah, well. And didn't call them evil, but it called them sick. So, yeah, a whole other series of problems. Um. Yeah, so, like, in the late 1800s, like, Alfred Kinsey is born. Mm -hmm. um, Tell us about the Kinsey scale. Oh, yeah, the Kinsey scale. Well, yeah, the, the Kinsey scale doesn't come out till like, later because he's born in the late 1800s. But um, the Kinsey scale is, it's a gradient of sexuality, basically. So, like, zero, ooh, there's some, there's a drag race outside. <laughs> drag race. <laughs> drag race. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, the four wheelers. They're literally New York. yeah. Like, may the best boys drag race. Drag racing around. Yeah, may the best. What were they called? The cars. The four wheelers. That's what those are. Like four wheelers and mopeds. Okay, so okay. the Kinsey scale is a gradient of sexuality. So zero is. Is exclusively heterosexual. Because zero to six. Yeah. One is predominantly heterosexual, only incidentally homosexual. <laughs> you brushed against. 
a penis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember the call, Dan Savage, yeah. but uh, caught like um, Savage Love. People would write in, and they'd be like, "I accidentally like, you know, devoured an entire penis last night. Like, what? What does it mean?" And he'd be like, "I get so many of these things that are like." Oh no, like there happened to be this and then I happened to be that. So how would he take it? Would he be like, oh, you're a two on the Kinsey scale. You're mo- you're like mostly ho- heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I think, well, because Kinsey, he went around and he talked to people because mm. a lot of the data about like, homosexuality was very like forced and like it's like to touch a penis is mere happenstance yeah to devour one honey that's intentional it's intentional yeah (laughs) this from the importance of being earnest yes that's from the importance of being earnest about a penis mr worthington (laughs) um yeah so it goes it's basically like okay so like three is is Basically, like, what you would call bisexual, like, equally heterosexual mm-hmm. and homosexual. Yeah. And then Goes up to six. six is exclusively homosexual. And then X is no sociosexual contacts or relations, which would be, like, asexual, I guess. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. Six is uh, Maran Kagani, the comedian, who famously... <laughs> Has never touched a vagina. He was born via cesarean section. Oh, a gold, um, a gold star gay. A gold star gay. Born via cesarean section. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is funny because Julius Caesar, also a gold star gay. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Actually, he's, he he was kind of more of a three. But he was, mm-hmm. yeah. He started out, he could have been. Could have been a gold star gay. Yeah. He wanted to. But just why. Okay, so Kinsey developed the scale. That's, that's all we really needed to know. It's like... A useful tool to, I don't know, and you can take like a quiz probably at the in the back of like Vanity Fair and it will tell you how gay you are on the Kinsey scale. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's cool that he, I mean, his, he was like hella persecuted for this because this was like pretty, con- like he, he really like talked to people, the idea that, that like a man with like a nuclear family could be... You know, a three, he was going out and, like, oh, yeah. getting the information. Oh, yeah, people thought it was totally the, scandalous. And he was yeah. like, oh, yeah, human sexualized a gradient. I don't know why anybody would say it's abnormal or, like, a sickness yeah. to be on one end or the other. It's just a scale. And you people were like, oh, my God. And those people who were, like, really freaked out about it, they were probably They're the probably gayest of them all. The yeah. Oh, you a seven. You a seven, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's not... Uh, some drag queens like lyric for their rap, like on RuPaul's Drag Race or something, like Kinsey Scale, I scored an 800. Welcome to the <laughs> stage, Kinsey. Kinsey Scale. Kinsey scale. Um, yeah, that's what you say. I'm a perfect 10 on the Kinsey Scale. That's oh, good, yeah. Tadric. You can have that. Tadric. Tadric Hall, you can use that one. Yeah, we're, we're waiting for your next album. Please call us. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, so, it, yeah, it's not like early 1900s. Were the, like, the Roaring Twenties mm. any better? Yes, the Roaring Twenties were, like, great because the jazz, the jazz age, Billie Holiday, um, was, like, a famous, famous bisexual. 
a lot of uh, jazz eight, like people were like smoking weed and like wearing diamonds and like, you know. Were there any like openly gay performers at that time though? I don't think so, right? No, but it was just like a gay time. Like, cause there was just all this like opulent, I don't know, there were like flappers and they were kind of like mask, like. Yeah, or if anything, if they were the equivalent of like, right, the dandies during the Victorian era. They were like the counter. Was, like, yeah, men who were like very into fashion and style. Yeah, and flappers were like kind of more butch women, which I know people look at it and they're they always you always dress up for those parties with like you're like I'm a sexy like twenties lady. Well, I have news for you. You're you're dressing up as like the butchest of the twenties <laughs> ladies. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they were wearing not yeah you know giant like you know petticoats and stuff. Yeah, and they skirts. cut their they, hair. It was actually more form fitting at the time. They they were like and hiding their curves. Wearing yeah, wearing low heels, wearing like baggy sweaters. Yeah, cut their hair. Yeah. So. Um, and then the thirties, not so good of a time. <laughs> Yeah, so we, this is, like, this came up in, like, some of the podcasts we listened to. It's, like, reference, like, researching this episode is that uh, it's never been a long, like, forward progressive arc of It Gets Better. <clears throat> it's been a so roller, roller coaster. coaster. Yeah, a real, like, said, there were real roller coaster. Ten years in the late 1500s where it wasn't penalized to be gay and, like. In, penalized? It wasn't penalized, penalized. In Britain and then, like. The penal. It, and then the death penalty was reimposed. <laughs> what? Like, throughout so yeah it's been kind of this like backwards forwards right and like early victorian era it was like more okay and then the blackmailers charter like those laws were passed and then fucking oscar wilde is sentenced to more or less a death sentence in prison for it yeah so it kind of comes and goes um as martin luther king jr said the arc of history is long Mm, and, it, and hard. He said it bends towards justice, but mm. it's got some curves. I'll tell you something long and bends. Yep. Yep. So, so when is the next, like, uh, I think, high point? Is it is it really then in the 60s? I mean, oh, well, we should talk about Hollywood a little bit. Just a little bit. You want to talk? Yeah. Like, like McCarthyism? Oh, no. oh, this is actually probably the most interesting thing. Like, the thing that I was like, what? What's the coding. The, like, Hirsch. What is it? The Herschel code? The, um. Oh, do you want to talk about Turing for a second? Oh, while I talk about the coding. Oh, sure. You That's can talk true. about one kind of coding, and I, so I, 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 I want to make Turing sure. Is, yeah, so Turing is, this is now, like, a. Uh, it's pre, like, the real start of the modern gay liberation movement, right? Which is in the late 60s. Uh, so we'll talk about Alan Turing, who is, has been voted the greatest Britain of the 20th century. Um, so, like, a true genius. So you might have seen, like, The Imitation Game, or I forget the other film that came out about Alan Turing's life recently in the last, like, five years or so. Um, but Alan Turing was a, a British mathematician, um, and he died at 41, so he was, like, very young when he, he achieves all these, like, really great breakthroughs. So he's the father of, like, theoretical computing, it's called. Um, and, like, his work underpins a lot of artificial intelligence. So your Siri, or a lot of the cool stuff Google does, is based on, like, Alan Turing's initial theories. 
that he developed. He got his PhD at 26 um, and was just a brilliant mathematician and then really rose to prominence because in World War II, uh, he was on the Enigma Project, which was the Allies' code-breaking project. And so he worked at, it's called Bletchley Park, is where a lot of the code-breaking intelligence was all situated in this very kind of idyllic, like, scenic South London estate um, where they put all the kind of intelligence. Uh, and so hut number eight, it was called. Probably like a set hut. Probably looked like Ooh. Secret Loft. He, uh, he, was, he was working there, and, and it was kind of one of the first, like, applications of electronics and engineering to create a computational device, and they broke the German code that the Germans were using. So kind of throughout the battle, the Battle of the Atlantic was the naval battle that went from 39 to 46. Like throughout the course of the war, the mm. Allies were at war in the Atlantic with the Germans and just constantly fucking winning because they knew exactly where the German ships were going to go and where the submarines because were of, and everything. Turing. Yeah, so they would intercept these radio communications that were like encrypted, and the okay. Germans had Talk. their own machine. I don't want to make all right, not to get too off. Talk about course. Turing. Sorry, Turing figured all this out. Brilliant. Um, Turing was. And then how did they figure Turing out the knew, Turing? Well, he knew he was gay and was conflicted about his sexuality throughout his life, because uh, also it was also like I think traditional like Protestant upbringing, um, but then uh, yeah, Turing actually proposed to a woman that he worked with at Bletchley Park, and they were engaged for like two months, and then he told her that he was gay, and they called off the engagement. And then Turing was discovered uh, because he was would routinely go to like on, on holiday in like Eastern European countries, like in the, in the Baltic, and go on like a cool gay holiday. Um, and then he uh, at some point was hooking up with a 19 year old when he was 39. And the 19-year-old's friends robbed his house. So I don't think Turing reported, but it got reported to the police. The police investigated, and Turing was like, oh, yeah, it was probably my lover that, like, his friends, ah! like, revealed it. Uh, and so then he was tried. And the punishment even... And this is, like, he's, like, the most valuable asset to the UK. He just helped them win World War II. Yeah. They think he might have saved 14 million lives. He already won, so they're, like... F yeah, they're like, we're just going to take your yeah. code. This is now the late 40s. So, well, he still was involved in all sorts of top secret work and was one of the smartest, like, you know, people alive at that yeah. point. Uh, yeah, so the sentence was he pled guilty at the advice of his lawyer and his brother um, and then was like, what, he had to agree to either being imprisoned or chemical castration. What is chemical castration? And chemical castration generally just refers to if you're forced to take hormones or some other drug uh, that basically like will will like sterilize you or like cancel your libido. Hmm. And in his case, they gave him basically a bunch of like feminine female hormones, like yeah. pretty much the equivalent of estrogen. So he actually developed breasts. Oh, um, that sucks. So that, it's interesting because he. So, like supposedly, I mean, like, like for him, like, as recorded. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it doesn't suck and it's total bullshit that you would get punished for that and have to like take drugs, but he supposedly took it with good humor and was fine with it. And he was like, "This will be an interesting year," <laughs> and didn't mind so much. And then he was like, "Then it was, the punishment was just a year, and that was it. And then it was over. And then a year later, he was found dead." 
Yes, I know why. It's it's uh, up for debate. He, I, can he, I, he can died I of cyanide poisoning. Yes, is that what the apple and the apple computer with the bite is? Because he dipped an apple in cyanide and he took a bite out of it. So some people think that, but that's a very dramatic interpretation for a guy who I'm pretty sure was like probably brilliant and like had Asperger's and was like, I don't know. I know engineers. Wait, no, that, I mean, that's how that he did it though. No, they found a half-eaten apple. Oh. Uh, he died in bed. They found a half-eaten apple, but he was in the habit of regularly taking an apple and eating it before bed. Oh. So but then, oh, so they think that he was poisoned. No, the theory is that it was accidental. So he had his own little chemistry lab in his house um, that didn't really have proper ventilation or anything. And one of, Yikes. this is a common thing when you want to gold plate stuff, which you do for electronics often. Okay, okay. You use a cyanide Focus. solution. Yeah. So he might have cyanide poisoned himself. Well, I like to think that he like, was like, I'm like Snow White. <laughs> so his was just, somebody said that, but I think that's actually like a very romantic interpretation. I like that though. Not to get bogged down in the details of Alan Turing's possible suicide. But, I th but if he did commit suicide, I, okay, so like if you're on... If you're on hormones. He's been off them for a year. Okay. Can you, like, if you're on of a heavy dose of either male or, like, it's steroids, basically, a synthetic hormone, right? Your body will start to produce, like, like, let's say you're on estrogen, right? Mm -hmm. Your body's going to start to, like, produce a ton of testosterone to try and, like, level them out. And then if you all of a sudden, like, go off of, the thing that you're on, like you go off of the estrogen, your body's still going to have like a ton of testosterone and like not that much, much estrogen. Um, and that can cause people to be like very depressed, which is, it, I mean, it's more, this is more seen with like people who take a lot of like testosterone and then suddenly stop taking it. You have to take estrogen suppressing drugs. Okay. He wasn't exhibiting signs of depression. Okay. He died. There was like a to-do list that he had out for like that oh, well then, weekend. Yeah. So people were very surprised and were like skeptical of that. Uh, there was a to-do list. He, yeah. Yeah. He was like, then tomorrow I'm going to like had a grocery list and like, and no one rem felt like, that he seemed depressed or anything. He's like, buy another apple because I'm going to eat one. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, this coding, I found the, the thing. The so, motion picture production code. Yes. So the, the Hayes, Hayes code. code. I well, I wanted to get the name right because I know mm. the people will like be pissed if I don't. Okay. This was like the most interesting thing that I did not know about like at all. Okay. That I found out about. So there's a Hayes, the Hayes code basically said like what you could and couldn't do in motion pictures. And this code was like crazy. It was really, really um, it was strict. It was really strict, and this is why. This is why there were so many westerns. This is the reason why. It's just a little subtangent, but then we're gonna get into like gay coding in in the film. Because westerns weren't seen as gay. No, because one of the things in the Hayes Code was like you couldn't have if you shot um a like a present film like a present day film you couldn't have like conflict or overthrowing in it you couldn't have like people fighting and like good guys and bad guys so 
they would, how did all the film noirs get shot? There, there were like ways around it. Like there's, mm-hmm. but like the, that's why so many people did Westerns because they wanted to have like fights and conflict and like. So you had to set it in a historical Yes. Period. Isn't that fascinating? And at the time, like, yeah, that was a good, a good canvas for it. Um, okay. yeah. So you couldn't have, so before the Hayes Code, there were gay people like in, in films and, and, um, like. You know, oh, this explains breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, <laughs> but after the haze, you couldn't say that someone was gay. You, but like there were certain nods and certain. It was almost like a film version of like Polari. It was like a physical like manifestation of like gay coding. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, instead of like uh, characters like making out like same sex characters or whatever. They would share, like, a cigarette, and that was, like, code for, like, they were oh, gay. Yeah. Um, or that's, that's why so many of those old films are, like, so campy. There's a reason. I mean, they were, they were really, like, going as far as they could without, like, violating the code. Um, the problem is that, like, you know, I guess a lot of people, you know how, like, all the D- Disney, like, villains, they're, they're pretty much gay? And yes. people are like, some people love that, and some people are like mad about that. That's kind of like Hayes Code esque. That like, you know, a lot of the. Uh, I've always thought it was just because they're very campy. They make their villains campy so that kids can see a villain without being, you know, scared. If you're, no, if you're we, five under or six. the Hayes Code, like a lot of the. This um, really is a throwback to yeah, cinema. Yeah, I mean, because that's like when Disney was making his stuff mm-hmm. too. So like. Yeah, it was like if you had a lesbian, if you had a woman who wasn't married, she was like the bad person. Or if you had like, yeah, you had like a very queeny guy, he had to be killed. Or that had to be like the thing that he hated the most. So like Scar, he's like very serious, but he's literally like, oh, I can't he's, be bothered. He's a very dramatic prima donna, yes. Yeah, or he has the- like nails too, have you know, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching, like, um, a compilation of, like, the gayest moments in Disney. And, like, Scar is just, like, he's just, like, twirling yeah. his, like, lo- his beautifully manicured, like, claw around. And he's, like, he's, like, oh, put him over there. You know? Yeah. And Jafar. Oh, yeah. Jafar. Jafar is, yeah. He's very campy. Okay. Oh, Yeah. Here's the do, the do's don'ts and be carefuls. Um, yeah, so the haste goes very very restrictive in what you could put into films. Yeah, yeah, they're very very, and it lasted for like a really long time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I but thought that was super interesting. Res- we got the restrictions down, and that's why there's a lot of famous but, gays in like old Hollywood. But when did things get better? Um, when do you think they got better? Well, so the catalyst for a lot of it, and the reason we're celebrating Gay Pride this weekend, is the Stonewall Riot. So now we can actually get into depth on the Stonewall Riot. Yay! Isn't the Stonewall Riot a myth? And, dude, so many, so many youths are getting mad about it, which I think is so funny. What? There are so many, like, 15-year-old children on YouTube that are like, Stonewall didn't, it's not the reason, and I wish people would stop, like... 
There's no, issues now. No, I know. I know. Gonna, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. it's. I mean, Stonewall kicked it off and then the Gay Liberation March started the next year yes. and became evolved in the pride. I know okay. this. I mean, even though I am one of those, uh, I am yeah. a 15-year-old youth, yeah. I know better. You need to get on TikTok and set them straight because the kids have it wrong. The children, the children need, to need to be ed so, edumitated. Uh, Stonewall, it's worth, I mean, first bringing up the... So it's like the the late 60s. It's the summer of 69. Um, the sexiest And summer. throughout the 60s, um, until 66, and keep in mind, the civil rights movement is happening at the same time, too. Until 66, um, gays were, a gathering of gays was immediately reported as disorderly conduct. And yeah. the state liquor authority would not issue liquor licenses to gay bars. Yeah, so the Stonewall Inn so was... So for state liquor authority of New York, yeah. anyway... Stonewall Inn was run by the mafia. Yes, a lot of gay bars would be, they either, they didn't have a liquor license, were run by the mafia, and then had like, or were, and were doing payoffs to the cops to stay open, and then sometimes for yeah. show, the cops would raid it. Yeah, and there's like the, the Stonewall Inn and then Duplex, which is like right around the corner from Stonewall Inn, and they would like take well, turns tattling on each other, right? But, but even until, so in 66, basically, there actually was, Prior to Stonewall, uh, there were groups of, there were, there were like civil rights groups of like gays. Um, and there actually were the equivalent of like, right, sit-ins in the South happened for the civil rights movement. Um, gays would do sit-ins at bars in the 60s before Stonewall, like um, where a bunch of gays would go to a bar, tell the bartender and everyone else that they were gay and like demand to be served. And then that's like, so odd. I was gonna be like, cute. So, well, they would, in a lot of cases, would get thrown out of the bar and then they would sue, which is, uh, and they that's and so granted, smart. this isn't in the south where everyone's a fucking bigot, this is in like New York City. And they won several of the suits. And I guess at the time there was the Human Rights Commission was like some working group of Congress or something, they ruled in favor of the gays, so it was no longer like you had to serve people who were openly gay at bars by okay. that point. But they still, the state liquor authority, much more conservative, would not give a liquor license to Stonewall or other places. So, the cops on Tuesday of this week of Pride or whatever, the cops raided Stonewall and like seized a bunch of their booze and then planned to raid it again that Friday mm -hmm. with the hopes of getting the, like shutting the bar down entirely by like hitting them twice in a row. Uh, and so the police showed up that Friday. June 28th and uh, raided Stonewall. Cross-dressing was also illegal at the time. Oh yeah, there's like, if you didn't have a certain amount of like articles of like uh, clothing that was associated with your gender on, they would like they arrest it, you. They yeah. called it masquerading as a female and it was illegal. Yeah. So, right, so famously Martha P. Johnson uh, a transgender woman was like one of one of the uh, people arrested. So the police basically rounded up staff and like a handful of like uh, transgender people um, to, during this this like raid on this Friday. But a huge crowd gathered, and so they the paddy wagons left with like the people they had arrested, and then the mob basically like got ugly and started throwing bottles at the cops. The police retreated inside the Stonewall Inn and barricaded themselves inside the bar. And then the crowd uh, broke into the bar. So Stonewall Inn got totally trashed. 
uh, during this like first night. But then over the next week, uh, like thousands of people would gather at Stonewall in like sort of support of the bar, and then the police would show up and tear gas them and beat them up. And it was like kind of your standard civil rights demonstration that lasted about a week. One of the the corollaries to this, which is funny, is that the village, the, it, the press covered it really negatively. So the village voice was like, like faggotry in the West Village or something. And the gays like surrounded their offices. Yes! And like broke in and threatened to burn the building down. They were, they were like, like, they were like, we had this a journalist. Yeah. His name is Michael Musto. Yeah. So the village voice <laughs> you like. You will take him. And did he will... not cover well. Yeah. Um. There is a funny story that I guess the, you know, the second and third nights, like the riot police showed up. Um, but the crowd all knew the village really well, which has these short little triangular blocks. So they yes. would, the riot police would like start heading on the street and the crowd would run away from them and just circle the block and <laughs> come up by yes. the riot police and throw bottles at them. Um, and it lasted yeah. for like six nights too. Yeah, it was about a week. The New York Times like basically just didn't they did like a press blackout they covered it in one article on like page 20 oh no and they were like police chased away west village youths and like didn't yeah. acknowledge it at all yeah shameful history of like these major new york publications and the new york post had like some homophobic the new york post existed in 69 <laughs> i'm yeah. as shocked as you are uh yeah but it had some like really homophobic title or whatever um and they too, like a bunch of people showed up and like protested outside their offices. So Good. that's that's kind of Stonewall. But the the great thing is that Stonewall was a. But the reason everyone says it's a catalyst is all these people suddenly realized that they weren't alone. Um, when thousands of people show up to like support a thing, a movement stems out of that. So, you know, that morphed into, you know, actual star. gay rights organizations and like star. star. That was a gay right, yeah. And then starting the next year, the Gay Liberation March, which has now come to be the uh, much more corporate version of the Pride Oh, okay. We, need, we need to discuss. Which, yeah, I don't want to jump through, right? And, and so this is like the 60s, right? And so then so much of like the Gay Liberation Movement then also became a support network during the like the AIDS crisis, like in the 70s and 80s. And you know, in the 70s. In 1970, there's also CAMP, the Campaign Against Moral Persecution, which is formed in Australia. That's a great name. The Task Force on Gay Liberation was mm. formed within the American Library Professional Organization. Yeah. Um, Society 5 was formed in... Yeah, there are a lot of places in Australia. Um Homosexuality is decriminalized in Austria and Costa Rica and Finland in this in like the early seventies. Yeah. So it went worldwide. Yeah. But um, yeah, as we saw, right, it took until like what twenty seventeen that like gay marriage was legalized in the United States. Yeah, uh, and then the like American Psychiatric Association they they removed because they had been like putting. They had been saying that, like, homosexuality was a disorder, and then it wasn't, and then uh, it wasn't, but I guess being in, like, the wrong body for your sex or gender was. So, like, they had all these um, conversion therapies 
Uh, some of them were really terrible. Like, well, there's the chemical castration, but like after that, there was um, like emetic therapies. So again, it's it's really interesting because this again reminds me of like the Clockwork Orange, like the therapy that they did for him. So basically, they would do that, but instead of like violent stuff, they would show you like same sex stuff, and then they they would um, when the medicine that they gave you like wore off. Or they they would try to do like Pavlovian conditioning. Yeah, they would do like emetic. It was it's called like an emetic therapy. Like so, they'd give you like epicoc or epicac, like the thing that makes you throw up, and they'd like be like gay porn, and then like when the the epicoc like epicac mm-hmm. that wore off, then they would show you like straight porn, and they'd give you like your favorite food. <laughs> And they like tell you you're that beautiful. Is, that is exactly. I mean, yeah, like you're a dog. Doing, yeah, and they're doing Pavlovian conditioning on you. So that, um, yeah, that was like definitely a thing. Oh, I mean, just just like before, like uh, the military mm-hmm. had a lot to do with their gay history and military history are like very in bed with each other because the military. Also, like it gathered like large groups of like men together. Yeah. Um, I mean, they also had like the whole "don't ask, don't tell." Um, that was a Clinton era policy. Yeah, it was like late nineties. Yeah, and in the if you watch uh, the Queen, which is like a documentary about drag pageants, they're like some of the first. I think it was like in the sixties, right? Yeah, that one. the Queen came out in the mid-60s. They're talking about, there's like a, a section in it where they talk about like being enlisted and like how some of them, they wish they could be in the military, but they can't, you know, like they're like, I just wanted to like help my country, but I guess, I guess not. And then other ones are like, I did serve and I, you know, I, I wish that I didn't. Um, but also like being overseas, it it kind of like gave people a perspective and like it broadened their perspective and it led to like a a lot of the change in like the movements and the gatherings and the protests of the 70s. Oh yeah, I mean, because it was a, the entire time was very counterculture too. Yeah. None of this happened in a vacuum, right? This was also, 69 was the same as the summer of Woodstock and like the electrical light acid test and all the hippies and it was like the height of the Vietnam War and protests against that too. So, yeah. Yeah, big year. Big year, 69. And Nikichi was born too. That's mm-hmm. very Nikichi important. Was born. Um, we can talk about a couple other like trailblazers we should mention, right? So like Harvey Milk is a very famous like gay icon. Uh, so he was the first ever like openly gay uh, elected public official. So he was a city councilman. Um, and then in 78, he and the mayor were assassinated uh, by like a crazed gunman who was like mm-hmm. a yeah. Uh, Joni, Moscow, oh my gosh, Joni just joined Instagram. Yeah. Hi, Joni. Hi, I know. Hello. This. We miss you too, Joni. Oh my gosh, Joni, the best aerialist, go-go yeah. bartender. Mm-hmm. So seventy-eight also. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like, Talking oh. about Harvey Milk. Yeah, 78 is when the gay pride flag made its debut. Mm-hmm. 
we're talking about history of LGBT movements. Yeah. Um, which you're wearing, the rainbow. Yes. And I, yeah, I know. I'm like, I just love, I love colors. I love the rainbow. I don't know. I'm like obsessed. I've been like making little rainbows out of like hot glue. Yeah. We, um, we, we learn from, uh, Oh, the, the flag, right? Yeah. The, so we learn like the flag has evolved over time, right? Yeah. I actually the, have the pride flag. I have the evolution of the pride flag. So they, did they add colors? They took some colors out. So the retro eight. Yes. That was the original. The retro eight. On it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. so, and, they, and all the colors represented something. So the, Retro, the retro eight. Yeah. Um, it had eight stripes and they, there was like a meaning. So hot pink was sex. Red was life. Orange healing. Yellow sunlight. Green nature. <laughs> turquoise magic slash art. Okay. Um, indigo serenity. Violet spirit. The two original flags were created for the 1978 parade. They were... They were lost for 40 years, right. and then a remnant of one of them was rediscovered among the possessions mm. of Baker, who, Gilbert Baker, who made the first. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then basically, apparently, Hot Pink got dropped because there was so much demand for the flag after the assassination of Harvey Milk, then, like, it, it kind of, like, brought pride, like, a renewed sense of urgency, right? People were being killed, like, assassinated, public officials even, for being gay. And there was such a demand on flags that they didn't have enough hot pink fabric to make the flags with the hot they pink. They were like, sex is going to have to go. Sorry. So they just started selling it. Yeah, they had to drop the pink. And then at some point they dropped um, the turquoise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they dropped turquoise. Wait. They, uh, yeah. Uh, magic, magic and art, art. Magic and art that's gotta go too. Sorry, sorry, y'all. I guess so, yeah. But then... So now it's it's now the standard six colors, I guess. Well, but no, yeah. but, but... But what? Um, they've added... Turquoise, poor turquoise and hot pink. Yeah, they've added... Um, oh, I've seen the social, social justice pride flag and the progress. Right. So the Philadelphia in 2017, mm. they added black and brown to their flag. Mm -hmm. um, to the standard six color to draw attention to issues of people of color within the LGBT community. And then um, right. there's also another version called the progress variant, which was mm. debuted at euro pride intersectionality yeah so progress adds some like uh black brown light blue pink and white yes so the white stripe the white stripe represents all the colors well that's just um, redundant <laughs> yeah uh okay so a lot of people do much like your own interpretation of your sexuality there's lots of custom pride flags yeah, and there's okay. also like a pansexual pride flag, the trend and the transgender pride flag, which if you um there's like an emoji for it too. Mm. Do you ever so if you write if you type in your like Apple phone uh like gay pride, it'll it'll show you two different flags. Oh. And one of them is the the, the transgender flag. 
Oh, okay. Which is like um, it's like a, a baby blue and pink. It's like the color of the year from Pantone. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the evolution, the evolution of the pride flag. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that brings us to the present day. The present day. Oh yeah. So did you talk? Well, I guess we'll talk about rainbow washing real quick, and then. Oh, and, um, we and then to we'll do, the, do like the, a little Polari. The Polari quiz. Yeah, the Polari quiz. Okay. So yeah, what's your hot take on rainbow washing? Okay, so like rainbow washing or like corporate rainbow, right? So like, like uh, I, it's funny because it's like all the banks do it, like they're just like all neon and rainbow and stuff like that, and people get really mad. Because not just the banks. There's a viral post on like Facebook where or on Instagram where people are like, these like two dozen companies have rainbow flag logos, but they also donate to Republican politicians who have pushed like an anti-gay agenda. So like, which is it? Like, stop donating to anti-gay causes if you're like want to use a rainbow flag for your marketing. Okay, so I sort of see it as like. I, okay, I reversed it so that I, because my thing that I like to do is, like, be controversial. Um, Famously, no. Yeah, Uh, your controversial take. Well, I look at it as, like, these big companies, yeah, they're, like, donate. they think that they're doing, like, the the rainbow flag and they're going to get, like, all these gay, like, customers. I don't know what they think. They're going to get out of it. But I see it as like, oh, they're they're spending money to put more rainbows, like, in the world out there. And to, like, remind bigots that, like, they're getting, they're, they're getting, like, overthrown slowly. Yeah. And I kind of supported that. I almost feel that uh, you can be mad about rainbow washing because you're like, these corporations are fucking modern whatever like late stage capitalism is a cancer and is the worst thing ever for human civilization and it has all sorts of terrible outcomes but one funny thing about it is you can hack it as a social organization Mm -hmm. that is viral or hip or cool which is everything that being gay is um you can hack late stage capitalism because it desperately wants to be perceived as authentic Mm-hmm. and try to get involved with movements that are, like, authentic, which it's, often are very progressive. It's the purest form of camp. Failed <laughs> seriousness. Failed late-stage capitalism. Um, but it, I almost see it as a form of, it's, you're like, sure, Capital One is just some piece of shit, like, capitalist company. I feel bad for everyone who works there. It's whatever. Yeah, but whatever service it provides, it sucks. It makes Union Square look really gay right about now. Yeah, and the like, irony of it is that they desperately would love to like be perceived as authentic, both by their own employees and like larger society. And so they're like trying to be real gay right now and like support the movement in a very inauthentic way that is designed to make them more money. But it's still there. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, uh, like, let's say there's, like, a gay teen in in a smaller town and they go into Target and there's just, like, you know, rainbow clothes and they're, like, pride, oh, like, yeah, everywhere. Oh, yeah, like the pride line. Yeah. yeah by and, Mossimo. Like, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I I would imagine that that I mean, I would imagine that that's kind of like the world is like is getting a little more accepting. Like it's getting to be like mainstream. Just the the like visuals of it. Yeah, and so I think it is important and fair to hold like various like insincere capitalistic companies to account and be like, do more, actually yeah. do some actions that support like you know gay liberation. At the same time, like we both feel like, and we've been you know these like progressive movements have been saying it forever. Representation matters, right? Having like people of color in like on television and movies and art, you know, gay people. Yeah. In television, on movies and art, um, yeah, as campy as it is, like Will and Grace, or like just to have, um, you know, famous television characters. Neil Patrick Harris is like a celebrity who's openly like gay and has yeah. a family, right? Like, um, yeah, representation matters, and it's very much a. It is an example of that. I think there's a very positive thing you can take from it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like you don't, 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 don't bank there, but like you can be like or do. rainbow, be yeah, like, whatever. You know what? I like your decor. Do better. I'm gonna send you guys an email and ask you to like actually donate to like progressive candidates. But you sign that like on your check. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> you can write whatever you want on a check. They'll cash it. They'll cash it. Yeah, they'll yeah. do whatever. They'll take anything. Your money's good here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, your rainbow colored flux. monopoly money. It's yeah, good here. yeah. So uh, yeah, um, here it's a oh, positive spin, I suppose, on rainbow washing. My that, uh, my like little solution idea is like the, if you know they should they I don't know who they is but like whatever you're the out there they of these companies no but, like the government or something should do like reverse rain it should be you know there's like the pink tax uh, oh yeah but it should be like reverse. You want, rainbow tax you so like pink reparations no it should be like if you are a corporation and you buy anything like rainbow there's gonna be like an extra little like tax on it and that's gonna go to like help the oh gays. and i told you there is some corporations do this right so yeah. like probably at like the container store right now you can get the rainbow trash can and they'll donate yeah but i mean 10%. i mean the neon like when td bank or whatever goes to like buy the neon uh -huh. They should be taxed. Like, what are you using these six different colors? Yeah, they're like nothing. Um, <laughs> we just have a very it's it's a it's a Christian display. It's very it's not yeah. yeah it's just colorful. It's not yeah. a rainbow. And they're like you're using you're making a rainbow, aren't you? Darlinda, Darlinda's yeah. like the best rainbow ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our personality and personal style. Yes. Okay. She's a human rainbow. So oh yeah. Was, so should we talk about lottery? Yeah. Let's. We're gonna we're gonna do this. So you're gonna say some Polari, and so for those who are just tuning in, recently Polari is kind of gay Cockney rhyming slang from like the late Victorian era and through like mid 1900s, mostly yeah. in the UK. Okay, do you want to just? Oh, I can. Okay, so what is uh what does Ajax mean? Can you get what? How is it used? Can you? No, just it? guess. You're just gonna guess. <laughs> What is Ajax? Yeah, Ajax is like... Be quick. Ajax, go. Ajax is like a strong, like, carrot? Is it like a... Like a... Uh, a brawny, like, mask? Like, guy? No, it means adjacent to. 
or nearby. It's like on Grinder. You're Not like Ajax, like in the okay. area. In your radius. Okay, yeah. We'll go back and forth. You give me, you give me okay. one. I'm gonna try to blur my eyes on all the ones that I'm not looking at. Okay, we're doing Polari. Oh, here's an easy one. Okay. Okay. Buna Nochi. Good night. Yeah. That's just a, so they they used Italian in it. Good morning. Um. <laughs> oh. Uh. What's a charver? Um. Two charver. Two charver is yeah. it like money? No, it's having sex. Oh, two charver like charver. a verb. I thought you were like two charver. Oh. Okay, I'll give, I'll give you. you. I'm gonna give you one more. Okay. If I remember, but I'm not looking. Uh, um. Oh. Right, because we, right, currently we, there's like the, a bear and a twink and an otter and there's all sorts of like animal representations giraffe? of various like gay styles. Giraffe. <laughs> giraffe and tall. Just a, a tall, tall guy. Um, tall guy. Reverse but, uh, giraffe. Oh, so in, in Polari, what is a chicken? A tw is it like a twink? I think so. It's a young man. Yeah. Apparently, but yeah. Because there's chicken hawks. Have you heard of that? Ooh, oh, is that, a, is that like, a twink? like a daddy? It's That's like a like daddy. It's like a twink chaser. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a daddy. What's a it's what's a dish? Dish is dish like spill the tea? Is it like gossiping? It's a it's a body part. Dish is it? A, is it your butt? Mm hmm. All right. Um, he had a nice dish. He had a nice. Ooh, what is? Blah, what is? Polari. Pipe. A Polari pipe. What's a Polari pipe? I mean, Polari is this, like, slang. Right. Is a Polari pipe like a cigarette? Or... No, what would, what would you use to spread the slang? It's not your mouth, but how would you, like... This is before they had telephones, right? No, it is telephone. It <laughs> oh, is a telephone. telephone. I don't know. Yeah. I guess this, this, this must be, like, kind of in the... Ooh, what's it? What's uh, a Polari pipe? A vogueress. What's a vogueress? A vogueress. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it a drag queen? No, it's a female something. A female something. Because of what's okay, so I should be like, so what's not a, a vogue? It's not a drag queen. It's not a female impersonator. So what's a vogue? What's vogue? A vogue. I mean, Vogue is like, means fashion, fashion. No, not in Polari. It means cigarette. And so a Vogueress is a female smoker. And Vogue comes from... No way. Fog Fogus, which, which from the lingua franca, which the word Fogus, which means fire, smoke. Hmm. What is... Oh, here's one that we have. Zhuzh. Which is spelled, zhuzh, yeah. Zhuzh it up, like style it up a bit. Yeah. Like make it, make it pop. Zhuzh yeah. it up a bit. It's from Romani. Zhuzhu, which is to clean or to make neat. Okay. Give me, give me a couple. This it's is very, fun. Mich yeah. Michelle Visage really likes. By the way, we should talk about. Drag Race. Drag Race. Speaking Drag of things that have really can... taken gay culture mainstream. We'll do one. We'll do one more round of these. Okay. Yeah, they're so yeah. fun. Look up Polari. It's it's because it's like a language that's not used so much anymore. And some words are going to be familiar, but some um, of them are like what? What's a, what's a dilly boy? Um, 
A prostitute? Yes. Damn! I'm good. Well, you know this word. They had a trade. Oh, like a a sex. Yeah. Potential sex sex partner. Yeah. Trade for me, trade for me, (laughs) trade. Uh, Let's see. What is... Oh, yeah. So, drag race. Um... Well, because there's, like, the the ball scene, which we talked about, like, in the, started out in, like, the 1800s, and then, like, late 1800s. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is national handbag? Ooh. A national handbag? Yeah. Um, a vagina? <laughs> no, it's to be on welfare. Oh. So. <laughs> a handbag, Mr. Worthington? Um. Yeah, and then there's iconic movies. Wait, let me give you one oh, more because okay. we could we should remember this. Okay. Um, that's so funny because it has Yiddish words in it too. In yeah, Ferrari. it's just like it's a soup of like all the best yeah. words from all the best languages. Yeah, let me give you two more. So what is meese? Meese. Um, like the plural of mice. Meese. Meese. It's like to sneak around. I don't no, know. No, it means plain or ugly. Yes. Look at that meese, little bitch. Look at that meese. Yeah, meese. Wait, I'm thinking of like the you can't fuck with me. If you you want to. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, meese is plain or ugly. So we got to keep that one. That's a great like little throw some shade. You look at meese. You look at meese. People are like, oh, thanks. I look nice. I look meese. Yeah. And you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then, okay, last one. What is naff? Um, To kiss? No. Math is also a negative one. Oh, what is NAF? NAF. Uh, like, oh, that. Look at those tourists. They're so NAF. Oh, like um, uh, pedestrian? It's ugly, dull, and hetero. <gasps> yes! I love that. That's my new favorite. I think math is my favorite shade word. Oh. Awful, dull, and hetero. Explicitly hetero. Oh, I'm going to use this so much. All right. So remember, everyone out there listening, niece and naff, I think are your, those are my two favorite words I learned tonight. Yes. Naff. You're looking, oh, you're looking positively naff. Ah, I can't wait to go to my 20-year high school reunion and tell them how naff they're looking with their fucking families. Naff. Oh, wow. You're like, you're much larger than you are in high school. It's very naff. Great. Naff. Oh, um, I love that. Oh, yeah. So we should just talk about Drag Race, which is like. Sure. It's, I would say, like the. It's Drag Ball, <laughs> modern iteration of it. Modern iteration of Drag Ball reality show. Can yeah. I give you a little backstory on Drag Race that okay. you might not know? Okay. Right. So you know that Rue, uh, RuPaul, very famous uh, New York City drag performer in the 80s, originally from the South, from like New Orleans, I think. Uh, or Miami, but uh, very tall drag queen, uh, famous in the 80s, along with Amanda Lepore and Suzanne Barsh and all these nightlife celebrities. Um, And then Rue and Michelle Visage were like radio personalities. Mm -hmm. And they had a New York City morning, like drive time radio show. And they had like a a cable television show on I forget what network, but they like both did a talk show. Okay. So they both would work from like, they'd wake up at 4 a.m. to get to the studio at five to do a radio show until like noon and then go to the TV studio and then record their afternoon TV show for like four hours. And this was like for like four or five years. 
And uh, so I think they got total burnout from that. And then RuPaul kind of like retired and mostly like had semi disappeared from the public. Uh, and Ru also a famous musician, uh, recording artist, had put out a number <laughs> of uh, <laughs> albums, right? Including like Cover Girl. Honey, one of us is a musician and one, one of us is a record. recording artist. But uh, Rose. in the uh, starting, like really in the 2000s, RuPaul like was not doing a lot and had semi-retired. Um, had written books, had spoken like internationally, performed internationally, um, but had really burned out from all the like public work, like running a TV and radio show at the same time. And then Ru's career like had basically, Drag Race is all a second act for Ru. Um, and right at that time, Rue was already in, like, her 50s, right? Yeah. In the 2010s, because Rue is now, like, seven years old or something insane. It doesn't even make sense how old RuPaul is. Um, so, yeah, what brought it back is that, um, I guess it was, like, Logo and some producer who's a huge fan of RuPaul, like, wanted RuPaul to produce, like, some TV show. And this, this is, like, sorry, this was all building to, like, this very funny anecdote where they, they came to RuPaul and they were like, we want to produce a TV show. Like, here's some ideas, like, this and that. And RuPaul was like, oh, I'm, like, open for a lot of ideas. This sounds very cool. I will not do a drag, like, reality content ah! show. I refuse. And so <laughs> spent the next two weeks trying different ideas for, like, maybe, like, a Queer Eye, like, makeover show. Maybe, like some home improvement show and maybe I don't know, whatever, like all these ideas. And then all, what they settled on was drag contest reality show. Love it. And now there it is. It's so good though. Drag race is so good. You know, there it's were so spinoffs to watch, though, right? There was like RuPaul's drag university. Yeah. Drag you. Drag you was like, well, because anyone who's on drag race is, um, indebted to them for eternity so they have to do these like little shows do yeah these other side projects world of yeah. wonder now uh global spanning empire yeah wow including like uk drag race um, and australia drag race and like thailand drag race all the drag races but it's it is like yeah you should watch the queen you should watch paris is burning you should watch um Oh, there's a newer one that came out a couple of years ago. Pose? No. Oh. No, it's a movie. It's it's uh, not the Queen. Oh, God, I forget. Okay. Pose uh, is like the TV show version yeah, of don't watch fictionalized that one. version of Paris. Is I mean, do because Billy Porter's hot. Billy Porter's but, like, um, but like, no, there's another uh, documentary on like, which is, it's it's really good. And like, it's, it's cool because... There's like parents in the audience. I watched, I watched some of it, but I forgot the name of it. The newer one. Okay. Um, it's really cool because there's like parents in the audience, and that's like something you don't see in like Paris is Burning. You see like kids being like, "I'm I'm running away from home." Yeah, um, it's true. Paris and Burning has a lot of like troubled youth. Uh, yeah, who are involved in like drag culture, but also like have yeah serious issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's like heartbreaking in its own way, but yeah. it, as well as like. Yeah, a documentary about the importance of family. But watch it, um, and and also watch Drag Race because it's really fun and like campy, and the fashion's great, and it's yeah, it's fun. Well, and Drag Race has become this pretty amazing 
uh, like kind of empire and machine that launches drag queens to like pop culture, like icon status, reliably, like year after year, putting yeah. like new stars in the firmament for like, you know, confused gay kids to like see like these icons, which is very cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like fun. It's just, it's just like such a fun culture. It's just fun. I mean, really. Because mm -hmm. it's like. As Rue always says. You can't love yourself. How the hell? <laughs> how now are you going to love anyone mm -hmm. else? Which is also what they tell you in rehab. <laughs> no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're like, don't get in any relationships or like anything for oh, the first. Oh, that's not as catchy. <laughs> no, no. They say that. And then you're oh, like, okay. what does that mean? And they go. You have to be here to, like, learn how to love yourself first. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought they had, like, a, pit a pithy catchphrase. But, like, no, they literally say the exact yeah. same thing that RuPaul says. Suspicious. Oh. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone Yeah. Else? And they go, they're like. <laughs> and then they tongue pop with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. Oh, and so if you really want to get your gay pride on this weekend. Yeah, this was a primer. So now after listening to the entire hour and a half episode here of us stumbling through the facts of uh, LGBTQIA plus, plus rights history, um, now you're ready to go out and party. Yes. And attend Secret Loss gay pride party this Saturday night. Um, where we, we will Rainbow have Bright. Rainbow Bright is the title of the party where your fave, best, most wild rainbow colors. Uh, we've got DJ Power Patterns, uh, New York City gay nightlife celebrity. And burlesque be, performer. And burlesque performer will be DJing. We've got DJ Remnique. He's like a hip, young, queer performer. He's going to be- An artist. Just and graduated artist. from art college. Probably going to be DJing in a dress. Has two buns. <laughs> They're very cute. Yeah. We've got- um, yeah, we, Wires we of NYC. Wires of NYC. He's a little plain. He's the remix queen. <laughs> queen of NYC. Um, and we do have the... the uh, Resident aerialist. Aerialist. We also have Maya. We have Maya and Medea. Who's like a professor of aerial. Like literally. Medea who's uh, exogenous. That's, Medea. yeah. Exogenous is her sexual Peter Mercury who's Mercurius. And amazing. And uh, yeah, all of our friends and, and you, you're just like the icing on the rainbow, the cloud on the rainbow. Yeah. And like, don't worry, you could just come come as you are or where you're like, can't be as crazy as stuff. And it's just all about like, I know the, the fight has to continue and whatnot, but like also you need to recharge and like let loose to like be a better fighter. This so like come is, and do is, that on Saturday. Yeah, this is all assuming you've bought tickets by now because the party is sold out. Yeah, you can DM us with a picture of something that we'd want to see <laughs> yeah. if you want a ticket. If you want to convince us that you yeah. should be allowed to come. So we'll probably see you this Saturday. If you can't get tickets to that, we do have a comedy show. On that, Friday. On Friday that's not nearly as gay, but kind of. So maybe check it out. It'll be a roller coaster, <laughs> roller just like uh, the history of gay pride. Yeah, but, just like this. But that should uh, that should also. I'll work. wear rainbows, and I'll I'll probably be serving you some drinks. And if we don't see you in person, then we'll see you uh, next week on Wednesday mm -hmm. at the next question block. 
where I believe we'll be talking about America. And how shady it is. And the, the dank-ass boat. The shady history of America. The dank-ass boat. Wait, wait, the sank-ass boat. The sank-ass boat. Um, yeah, so I'm at... Oh, yeah, and if you want to see me like do Ariel all around the city, you can look at my schedule, arielist.org. Um, and go check out Wires NYC SoundCloud. He's got yeah, some great songs. Dropping a new Pride remix this weekend, actually. It's really good. I got a sneak preview. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then you can check us both out in our schedule at secretloftnyc.com. Yes, you want to play us out with Painted for the Gods. Oh, yeah. Gods, gods, gods. Play my track. Play my mother song. My mother track and song. Thinking. Bye. Bye. Bye.